So I think I may have got us in some trouble. Go on. Okay, so uh, we were hanging out last Sunday. Right. While uh, um, Ashley and uh, uh, my wife Grace and our friend Denise got Natalie out of the house for the day. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, uh, I told you about a fond childhood memory I have of an actress named Chesty Morgan. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Never heard so, that name before. So, uh, uh, my grandfather, she was a uh, uh, a nude model back in like the sixties, fifties mm-hmm. or sixties, who um, had ample assets. Let's put it that way. Comically large yes. personalities. Yes, comically large personality, and he had an autographed picture of her in his workshop. Right, and that's the like the earliest memory I have of seeing boobs. Right, right. And she was in a bunch of like exploitation movies in the 60s and 70s, whatever. And so I was telling you about this on Sunday. Right. Right. Uh, actually, that, that my brother has that picture now. He has it in his bar. Nice. Right? So it's like a family heirloom. Uh, <laughs> That's such a great heirloom. I know. So Monday, Grace comes in. I'm playing a game. This relaxing after school. Right. And she goes, Natalie told me you're telling Ryan about some nude model named boobs morgan i was like she she had the tone of the mother upset the i told her kid a curse word what why (laughs) yeah i don't know but yeah apparently like you said something to natalie about it and natalie's telling the grace because i'm like look at those things (laughs) it was like why is bruce telling him about this oh well she's not gonna listen to this anyway so it doesn't even matter no (laughs) well natalie will Love you. <laughs> Graceful. She was yeah. the one who was upset. <laughs> and then like I told her like, oh no, it's that it's that woman Chesty Morgan. She was like, oh, okay, yeah. The family heirloom. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who gets it next? Uh well, my brother's gonna have it for a while and he has a son, so I'm, I'm assuming it'll pass down to him. So <laughs> Will, who is now six years old, will get it you know, one day in his thir- in his thirties. Right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. You so I was thinking, um uh, you know, we've we've talked about how this podcast has a shelf life. Right. There's only so much Telson the Crypto can do. Right. Uh I was thinking, like, you know, if, when we go into our next project, it should just be trash cinema. Not just horror. Anything. Exploitation films. Jesse Morgan films. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> the garbage Can I slide man. some hammer in there? Yeah. We, oh, absolutely. Just 100%. doesn't matter genre. Okay. As long as it's trashy. We okay. can watch it. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll be, we'll be the garbage men. I, that's a good title. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. And actually, I have a perfect candidate. Yeah. For this. Okay. What is it? Uh, Give me one second. Hold yeah, on. sure. This is normally the part where Ryan would sing when I leave. However, I don't have a good singing voice. Ryan's just in the background. There we go. Looking at his DVD shelf, trying to find what he wants. And I found it. And I found it. Okay. One of our first uh, trash, what is uh-huh. it, Garbage Men? The Garbage Men, yeah. Episodes is going to be Vampire Hookers. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So, so I'm showing oh, him the cover. Also, you know, we're about five minutes into this. Yeah. So, hey, everyone. This is the Crypt Keepers. I'm one of the co-hosts, Spooky Bruce, along with the always sensual horror Ryan. 
Ryan, tell all the audience what kind of show this is. Vampire Hookers. <laughs> vampire Hookers. <laughs> this is a va- Vampire Hookers podcast. Yes. <laughs> this is a podcast where we analyze episodes of the HBO horror anthology series, Tales from the Crypt, and the comics that inspired them. This week, we're taking a look at Carrion Death, episode two of season three, based on a story from Shock Suspense Stories number nine. Anyway, the Vampire Hookers. Yeah. You found this at a, like a hole in the wall shop in Knoxville, right? Uh, or, or Gatlinburg, uh, Gatlinburg, yeah. Gatlinburg. So what the me- gaudiest town you will ever see in the South. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for some reason, I don't know how or why, but um, I don't. Hopefully, I don't know if other people do this, but me and Natalie have like a list of things that we have to do. Yeah. Whenever we go somewhere we're not familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, for her it's a donut shop. Mm-hmm. We have to go to a donut shop. Uh, for me, it's you know maybe a record shop or a comic book store. Yeah. But one thing that we do together is that we try to find a hole-in-the-wall movie store. Yeah. To where we can just find weird movies you'll never find, mm-hmm. either online or anything. Just right. the weirdest box art, what we can find. And so we've had great success. A couple of dingers. But our favorite so far in our hunt for these trash movies is Vampire Hookers, which surprisingly... is just a porn. No. No? It's no, not? It's actually really good. Oh. The well, plot yeah. is good. The acting is good. So the cover of this, you mm-hmm. can tell us it's quality because it looks like they just printed this off their printer. Very off a piece pixelated. Of paper. Uh, very pixelated. And the tagline is, warm blood isn't all they suck. What Followed else do by, they suck, Bruce? I, I would assume penises. And, <laughs> and followed by, they're a close encounter of a different kind. Are they aliens? <laughs> Why would you say it's a close encounter unless you're referencing aliens? I don't know. Or Spielberg. Anyway. I don't know. So, uh, the great Bruce Fairbin and Trey Wilson, Catherine Stride, Linka Novak, Katie Down, and Lex Winter film. Lex Winter. Who could forget those names? Anyway. <laughs> how you doing? It's been a week, hasn't it? Dude. It has been a week. I... It, we're here. <laughs> we're doing the best we can with what we got. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, we're so gonna, what, anything we going on with you? So much stuff <laughs> that I can't, I won't say, but things are okay right now. Things we're are trucking okay right, along. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, yeah. well, one thing did happen to me and Bruce. Well, what's that? We were hanging out while our ladies were... Yeah. Oh. Oh. Gallivanting. Oh. Another another movie for our or, or the future show. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we were going through um, full moon features. Yeah. Full moon features app, and we we're like, well, the ladies are going off to do their thing for a female fuck about. What do we do? Yeah. And so you, we were like, let's just go through this menu and look at all these movies, and a movie called Sharkenstein <laughs> was on the screen. And there was I can't remember exactly why we picked it because it said something to the effect of on the the description it was um, it is the combination of the greatest killers in history colon Sharkenstein so we're like is it is it is it made up of Sharkenstein or is it made up of other killers we have to find out oh okay so is it an amalgamation of killers or sh- or sharks yes and so we had to find out and we never got the answer to that question well I mean no we did I mean it was just an amalgamation of sharks yeah and not not any <laughs> amalgamation that would make sense no no this was uh uh 
I think you you've you said that the original Evil Dead was made with like ten dollars and pocket lint. Yes, this was just made for the pocket lint. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And someone who thought they knew how to do Microsoft Paint. Oh man, it was bad. Or uh, or gifts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, late nineties gifts. I will say that there. What was I'm trying to remember? So one thing that you were really upset about is that when the Sharkenstein was revealed, yeah. it essentially was a giant shark made up of other sharks. <laughs> and the person making it, a Nazi, because obviously... Obviously, why wouldn't they? Exactly. Right. That's he, just Nazi shit. That's what they yeah, do. He's, like, yeah. he's talking about like, oh, this was made from all these sharks, like the blue shark and the killer uh, shark and the a hammer shark. I, uh, what are, what's the other shark names? Great White, oh, Mako, yeah. Tiger, and... And he said hammerhead and Bruce got pissed at the screen. He's like, you're telling me this thing's made up a part hammerhead and it didn't use the head. <laughs> Fuck. And then he went, boo, boo. Now in my defense, the first time we saw the special effects of this, which is just, 20 seconds into it mm-hmm. i was like fuck this we're out and yeah, I, he, I hit back left. yeah hit you back. went back to the main and movie. you were like no no uh no you start we're, a movie you commit we yeah and you you corrected me we went back into it and we had a good time up until the shark rape scene and then you got mad at me you're like bruce bruce you picked this movie <laughs> it's like last episode that we recorded where you're where i'm like hey i'm doing the research for this it's kind of gross and you're like nice i'm like no it's rape gross he's like Ugh. oh but I did I, in a redeeming um, aspect. I will. We watched the dinger, such as Sharkenstein, right? But uh, we watched Natalie and I watched She Beast. Okay, it's a movie from 1966. Yeah, stars Barbara Steele. Okay, uh, Barbara Steele. I love Barbara Steele. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really good fucking movie, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's about witchcraft. Um, nice. And the spirit of a witch transferring over to a woman in modern times. Oh. And it was funny because. In the beginning, it says present day, uh-huh. and so and though this guy's driving in a 1966 car, I'm like, wow, that's a really expensive car. If this is present day, <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. But I, I gave that a solid like nine out of ten. It's oh, really awesome. good. It's that's awesome. She Beast. Don't watch. Sh- don't watch Sharkenstein. Watch do. She you know, Beast. We're not your dad. You can do what you want. But I mean, I love Full Moon. So <laughs> if you want to laugh, watch Sharkenstein. If you want to laugh and have some suspense and drama, watch She Beast. Yeah. So, yeah. So, speaking of Beast, <laughs> this episode, yeah, which is season 3 episode 2, yeah. Carrion Death, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know what Carrion was. I think it's like just like dead flesh. So that means this episode's like technically called Dead Flesh Death? I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like how you're like, yeah, duh. I'm like, <laughs> I, I guess. doesn't make any sense. Like it, it yeah, the, the 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 king flesh of dead animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And this this premiered June fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, a very interesting year for this to come out, and I'll explain why in a, in a bit. Cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah. So you want to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Let's see here. Where's my notes? All right. I have notes on my computer and notes on my phone because I forgot my notebook. Oh. <laughs> for the second time today. <laughs> That I forgot the notebook, and Grace said to send me pictures of the contents of the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Carrie and Death, written and directed by Stephen DeSouza, starring Kyle MacLachlan and George Del Hoyo. After escaping from prison, murder rapist Earl Raymond Diggs apparently travels back in time to the rob a bank in the Old West. <laughs> back in the modern day, 
He finds himself chased by a highway patrolman on a motorcycle. Diggs tries to make the policeman crash, but ends up destroying his car in the process. He flees across the desert toward Mexico, the officer pursuing him. The cop catches up to Diggs in an abandoned bar. During their fight, the cop cuffs Diggs to himself. However, Diggs gets the cop's gun and puts one through his heart. As he dies, the cop swallows the handcuff key, which was just, I love that part. That was so great. Uh, Diggs is forced to carry the dead cop through the, through the desert. All the while, he is stalked by a vulture. Desperate to be rid of the body, Diggs fashions an axe out of a piece of dried wood and the officer's badge. Dehydration and exhaustion take their toll, however. When Diggs tries to chop the cop's hand off, he hits his own wrist. In shock, Diggs backs over a cliff, and the weight of his body severs his hand in the cuff. Diggs breaks his neck and is unable to move as the vulture begins to eat him alive. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a two-man show. It's a two-man well, really, show. Three with the vulture. It's very simple. It, it's really Kyle McLaughlin talking to a dead body and a vulture the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but I found it very entertaining. I really enjoyed this one. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. But no, I am not joking. He he apparently robs a bank in the old west in the beginning. Because it is well, like Yeah, it, it is looks a, like an old western it, town. And there's guys wearing cowboy hats. Uh, yeah, people still and they wear have cowboy like, hats. You know, the old the old boardwalk. The saloon. The saloon, yeah. 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 I don't it's weird. It's weird. There's really a couple weird. things in this episode yeah. that's weird. Uh, so we have Steven DeSouza. I this is one of the few things he actually directed. Uh, he directed episodes of Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic Woman, uh, the TV show V, which was hugely influential on me, and Knight Rider. However, uh, he was a writer on a ton of movies that you were very familiar with. Uh, Commando. Yep. The Running Man. Uh, Bad Dreams. Have you ever seen that Mm-mm. horror movie? I think you'd really enjoy it. Check it out. I think it might be on Shudder. Cool. Uh, 48 Hours. Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Nice. Hudson Hawk. Uh, he developed the uh, Saturday morning cartoon Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. What? Which I loved. It came out in the mid-90s. What? It was like a post-apocalyptic future where dinosaurs came back and this dude, the hero of the day, would drive around the Cadillac. Like a, like a 60s Cadillac. Okay. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Street Fighter. Oh, God. The Flintstones live action movie with John Goodman and Rick Moranis. <laughs> nice. Judge Dredd and a made for TV movie called Possessed, which was the true story of The Exorcist. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Pretty so. good career. Then we have Kyle McLaughlin. And if you need me to introduce Kyle McLaughlin, what are you even doing here? Why even listen to this podcast? Well, I'm, I mean, Dune. Twin Peaks. What's that? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Dune. Yeah. Uh, the Hidden. Uh, like you said, Twin Peaks. He was also in the uh, the Flintstones movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, there you go. Uh, he was he played Colonel Jesse Marcel in the Roswell movie. He was the, uh, the he played the real life guy who, after the balloon crash at Roswell, had the press release announcing that the army had found a flying saucer. Hmm. Uh, he's in this famous photo where he's holding up the pieces of the balloon wreckage, uh, you know, right. saying, "Oh no, it's actually a balloon." Balloon. Uh, he was in Showgirls. Nice. You ever see Showgirls? Uh, yeah, I have. Is that Demi Moore? What's that? Not Demi Moore. Um, the girl from uh, Saved by the Bell, Elizabeth Berkley. Huh. Uh, Sex in the City. He played Superman in the Justice League New Frontier animated movie. Uh, he was in Desperate Housewives, How I Met Your Mother, Agents of Shield. He played, it was the mayor in Portlandia. Nice. Yeah, yeah he was. Tons. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Tons of stuff. Uh, George the uh, George the Hol- the Hoyo. George the <laughs> shit. The Hoyo? George the Hoyo. Um, he has a long career of uh, bit parts and recurring roles. Uh, Saint Elsewhere, Cheers, 
a little show you might not have heard of. What? Hey, it's going to pique your interest. Uh, Galactica 1980. Oh, that was a sequel to Battlestar. Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah. Was. Yeah. It's supposed to be a time travel show. I never watched it. Yeah. No one did. <laughs> I tried. Wa- I love the. I love the reimagining Battlestar show yeah. from the 2000s. Yeah. And I tried to watch a couple episodes of the original Battlestar yeah. Galactica. No. It's just weird Mormonism. No. <laughs> Not interested. Uh, L.A. Law, Frasier, Sliders, Home Improvement. Uh, he was Dr. Fate in the Superman animated series. Uh, 90210, Walker, Texas Ranger, Batman Beyond. And he's been on Days of Our Lives in the recurring role since 1986. Wait, what? Yeah, they keep bringing him back for like... Like uh, a five-episode arc, like every few years. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. That's good work if you can get it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's all that's in this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, there literally is a vulture, a cop, and a and a criminal. Yeah, there's someone doing the voice of the vulture because that's not a vulture noise. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, yeah, it's someone's doing that voice. That's not... I. The, my favorite thing about this episode is all the catchphrases. Yeah, they everyone says everything so cool. Yeah. Just, that's one of the things I had problems with in the episode, though, was like, yes, they are saying cool, but everyone's trying to be the tough guy voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it's the most 90s episode that we've seen <laughs> so, so far. far yeah. So far. Are you anyway, ready? let's go into the breakdown. Let's do it. Do we need to have like an actual breakdown. Right. I like how he Bruce just did like hand drums to me. Get ready for the breakdown. The Crypt Keeper segment opens. As the Crypt Keeper shows up to the crypt on a police motorcycle, sporting a cop outfit and some sweet-ass aviators and a helmet. He basically looked like a skeleton version of the T-1000 from Terminator 2. And he says, it's time for another assault and battery on your senses. Uh. (laughs) Get ready for a game of chops and clobbers. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. (laughs) It's so awesome. The story opens to a small town. Earl yells, move, bitch. <laughs> it's in the first three seconds. Know, like this camera pans to this old Western town, which looks like it's from the old West. But yeah. it, I guess it's technically t- today. It's today. Yeah. And the f- very first thing that you hear is move, bitch. And he storms out of a bank with a gun and two bags of money. He shoots a guard in the stomach, hits him up the side of the head with a gun and then shoots him again. <laughs> He then runs to to his car and he drives away. As he's driving away on the radio, there's a police bulletin about how he escaped. He faked his illness the day that he was supposed to be executed for the murder of three women. Three he, nurses. This is kind of important. I think this is a reference to something, but Oh yeah? Yeah, go on. Yeah, it was like nursing three nursing students yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh he took the doctor hostage. Um, before he was supposed to be executed, killed him, and then took his car. So we know that the car is actually owned by yeah. the he's, doctor. He's doing pretty well for himself for having just escaped from death row. Right. He has managed to get a car. He has managed to get a gun, and he's robbed a bank. That's true. In just a short amount of time. He's doing well. You can't leave a good man down. No. <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think Earl Raymond Diggs is supposed to be a reference to Richard Speck. Oh really? Yeah, Richard Specks is. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you classify him as a serial killer. He is a mass killer. Um, in 1966, he broke into a dormitory and raped and murdered uh, eight nursing students. Jeez. Yeah, in one night. What? Yeah, I like. I think he killed. Uh, he killed. He killed eight of them, but he had raped one of them. 
and someone survived by hiding under a bed and he didn't know he lost count of how many people were in the room wow yeah that's yeah. So he went to prison, of course. This episode came out in like June of 1991. June 15th. June 15th. Richard Speck died in December of 91 of a heart attack. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it's just a weird coincidence. Right. Yeah. The bulletin goes on to say that they believe that he is fleeing to Mexico. And they say, quote, he's 5'11", dark hair, blue eyes. He's armed and extremely dangerous. And handsome as all get out. <laughs> and Earl says... And very rich. Yeah. I'm going to do the tough guy voice. Just, I mean, that's what they say. I, I think, I'm just wondering, how much money could he possibly have in there? Because, 30, you know, 40 grand? Yeah. And if everything's that doesn't in make you rich. I, you know, I think it's a good start in Mexico, though. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. As he keeps driving, a motorcycle cop is trailing him from behind. Earl notices him and says, oh, shit. The cop starts shooting at Earl and Earl swerves, forcing the cop to crash. The cop gets back on his bike and continues the pursuit. Earl sees him in the rearview mirror and does a U-turn and yells, Let's play chicken. <laughs> Earl speeds up towards the cop while shooting, and the cop returns fire. Earl hits the cop's back tire with a bullet, and the cop flies off the bike into a ditch. Earl stops his car and notices that the bike is... This is the funniest part of yeah. the whole episode. So he shoots the back tire. The cop loses control and falls off the bike into a ditch. Yeah. But then the bike is still going straight. Ghost Rider took over. The spirit of vengeance yeah. took over. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it, it traveled a good 50 feet by itself <laughs> and, going and straight. And gained speed. Yes. <laughs> And it and it t-bone and uh, um, Earl ditches his car just in time for the bike to t-bone his car and they both explode. He had more than enough time to get that car out of the way. Yeah, just say the credit should have rolled in. Yeah, boom. Done. I mean, it, it's a great effect. Like when uh, they show the the motorcycle crashing into the car, they show the like the inside of the car. Right. As the motorcycle like comes into it. Right. Right. It's a great shot. Oh, it is. And the whole thing like at this point, it's just all desert. The yeah. entire rest of the episode is just nothing but mm -hmm. just desert. A vulture watches the explosion from, from a distance and flies toward the smoke. Earl searches to find the money in the wreckage, saying to himself, I got to get to Mexico. I can do it. He grabs the money. He, he looks over uh, the road and sees the cop laying lifeless in a ditch. He gives him the middle finger and he says, 10-4, asshole. <laughs> over and out. I agree. F-12. <laughs> Earl grabs a map from inside the glove box and is determined that Mexico is past the large mountain in the distance. Inside the ditch, the cop starts to wake up, which is another thing, which all he had to do was just, yeah, just double tap yeah. and he would have been credits would have rolled. Yeah. You know, they always make sure they're dead. Exactly. Always make sure they're dead. The vulture lands on Earl's car, scaring him. Earl says, sorry, buddy, but this buffet has been canceled. But there's a civil servant lunch just over the hill. If you want pork. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Earl heads towards the mountain from the map as the vulture watches. The cop walks to, it, to the car and sees that Earl is gone. And then he says to the vulture, I saw him first. And the cop starts walking towards the mountain. Later... Earl takes a smoke break from walking, and he sees that the vulture is following him. He says, 
you can't eat me, you scavenger. I'm too tough to digest. (laughs) (laughs) Just then, the cop spots Earl and starts shooting. Earl takes cover from behind a bush, but he accidentally left one money bag behind of the two. Uh The, The cop looks and grabs the money bag, and the cop says, what's this, a bribe? He opens the bag, and he starts to spill the money as the wind takes them away. Earl, while he watches, whispers, I'm taking all those dead presidents out on your hide. Oh. <laughs> Later, Earl is still walking, and the vulture is still watching. Earl says, just wait for me to drop, aren't you? Why don't you go after that cop when he was flat on his back? Earl notices the vulture is standing on a fallen sign. He lifts it up, and, re- and it reads, only two miles for Jose's Cantina. Earl says, two miles? I'll get a beer, a senorita, and a taco. I don't know why he had to say that out loud to a vulture. He (laughs) needs someone to talk to. I guess so. He was on death row in solitary for years. It's true. It's true. Earl lifts the sign, uh, and and it's like an arrow is is nailed to the board, and he spins it around where it points to the right of him. He looks off in the distance, and the shimmer of the cantina's roof can be seen. Earl starts walking towards it, and he says, Waitress, two beers, please. What, one for him and one for the vulture? Yeah. Every, yeah. I like how you're like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. That's his buddy now. Now uh, the scene goes back to the cop, in which he's looking around where Earl could have gone. All of a sudden, the vulture appears and actually leads the cop in the direction that yeah. Earl's going. Yeah. The cop says, are you trying to tell me something? He sees the exact sign, and he says to the vulture, thanks, partner. <laughs> Yeah, he says, are you trying to tell me something, Lassie? Thanks, partner. (laughs) The cop checks his gun's ammunition, and he says, enjoy your meal. The executioner's coming. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) At the cantina, Earl arrives, but he notices that everything is run down and it's been deserted. He gets frustrated and throws an empty can in anger. Just then, the cop is behind him and sucker punches him. Here's another part. This is now the third part of this episode uh-huh. that could have ended with one blast. Yeah. Because yeah. the cop had, I think, one bullet left. Yes. Because he checked it when he yeah. was like, oh, I'm, I'm, the, yeah. the executioner's on his way. When, he th- when Earl throws the can, behind him is the cop. The yeah. cop had at least 30 seconds right. to just shoot him in the back. Right. And they already had a gunfight, so he was warranted in doing so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Who's gonna who's gonna tell him no? Or he can't do that out in the middle of the desert. There's no witnesses. And and it's a escaped convict who already yeah. killed like a bunch of people. Right. Right. They start so but he doesn't do that. Yeah. And uh, he just sucker punches them and they start he was the glory of bringing them in alive. I guess. Wow, I must no, have been the top not doing that. Voice. If it's life or death, blah blah, it's a wrap. <laughs> they start brawling. Earl knocks the gun out of the cop's hand, and the fighting continues as the vulture watches from behind. That's probably my favorite shot. Mm-hmm. They're fist fighting. Yeah. And right next to them is a window. But yeah. behind the window, in clear view of the camera, is the vulture on a perch, which is it is a great scene. It's yeah. yeah. I will say this is a, this episode is one of the better shot episodes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The the way they show the scenes, like they'll pan out and stuff like that, like cinematography, it's great. They made it very visually interesting despite the landscape. And despite it literally is only three characters. Yeah. One is a vulture. Yeah. Yeah. They scuffle and the cop, cop cuffs himself to Earl in which the cop says, I'm taking you in. Earl grabbing the gun on the ground says, fuck you. And shoots the cop in the chest. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. 
Hey all you fiends, this is Horror Ryan. I want to tell you a little something about Fright Night 4. Fright Night 4 is an event coming up Saturday, October 29th at Our Lady of Perpetual Hops in New Albany, Indiana. It's an all-ages show, costumes are welcome, and it'll be a mix of bands, Halloween, and pro wrestling. Doesn't get any better than that. The bands, Prayer Line, Ghost Bomb, and Sacred Sorrow, and my band, Taken Lives. Between each band, we'll also have wrestling matches featuring Cole Riddick, Trey Lamar, Billy Starks, Levi Everett, Charlie Cruel, Brogan Finley, Ace Perry, Wilson, and more. Tickets are $15 or you can get an advance ticket for $13 at eventbrite.com. Just search for Fright Night 4. Come and see us for the biggest spooky bash of the year. <laughs> The cop, leaning back, says, no, fuck you, and swallows the (laughs) handcuff key as he dies. Earl spins the cop's body around in a circle as he talks to himself, saying, no food, no water, no bullets, no way out of these cuffs. I I didn't skip execution to die like this. The Earl, um, the Earl, (laughs) Earl notices the vulture again. He says, oh, you again. And he throws the gun at the vulture. Then he reads a sign for Mexico on the ground in which Earl says, six miles to Mexico. Come on, pal, on your feet. We're walking to Mexico. And he puts the cop's dead body on his shoulder. He grabs uh, the one money bag left and he starts walking. And he says to the dead cop, hey, by the way, as he was going to grab the money bag, he's like, can you grab that for me? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of really funny. Yeah. Earl is carrying him uh, on his shoulder, like I said, as the vulture follows. Uh, later, Earl is talking to the cop, and he says, the worst part of these murders was the newspapers. They were calling me depraved. I did not m- mutilate their bodies until after they were dead. But they didn't know about the five others in Kansas. Women can't live with them. Can't fit can't fit more than one in your trunk at a time. Huh. Okay, right. this so far this season, we've had two yeah. episodes. Yeah. Both episodes has a women can't live with them line. Oh, huh. Because yeah. the the guy in the, in the previous episode, the guy in the um apartment manager, yeah. he says something like can't live with them, can't kill them and then tell everybody they're in Palm Springs. Huh. And this <laughs> one is um what is it? Uh, oh, went, can't live with them. Can't fit more than one in your trunk at a time. Yeah. So what's up with the hate? Uh, yeah, they. Uh, someone's working out their misogyny. Of this <laughs> right. These right. No. No good. Later, Earl is dragging the cop's body, and the wind is starting to pick up. It knocks down a sign from Mexico, in which Earl cannot see anymore. It gets covered by dust. It's like a, a, a sandstorm, really. Yeah. Earl hides under the cop's body as the windstorm picks up. After the windstorm passes earl notices he's gotta be close to mexico and he actually when he lifts up the cop's body he kisses him yeah he's like yeah we're close yeah (laughs) earl starts to carry the cop up the hill and he sees the vulture earl says i beat you in five minutes you'll have to uh extradite me earl gets to the top of the hill Ah, Mexico. We did it. I couldn't have done it without you, pal. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> now, what he th- he is saying is it's all downhill as far as his journey to Mexico. Yeah. But. Easy sailing from here yes, on out. Yes. But 
just as the cops bo- just as he says this the cop's body leans back and they both fall down the hill where they were just <laughs> at taking Earl with him Earl and the cop land and Earl begs the vulture to help lighten his load he like points at the cop he's like yeah. fucking eat this guy come on Earl starts getting dizzy obviously from probably heat and dehydration Earl says to the vulture you ain't getting me Earl stumbles to grab the cop's shield badge and a piece of wood, and he gets an idea. He makes a makeshift axe using the cop's badge as the blade and a wood, basically just like a really thick stick. Yeah. Uh, Birchwood, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, Birchwood as the shaft, and he just makes this like little hand axe. And he he shoves the, the... The, the pointy end of the badge into like a, a, a crack, slit and then he sharpens it with a rock. Right. Yeah. Which by the way, I'm like, you didn't think about this. <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, if I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm cuffed to a dead body and I have to flee five miles somewhere in the desert, I'm breaking his wrist. Well, I'm yeah. getting I mean, this like, guy off. Yeah. Me. I mean, you, he could have broken his wrist to get, to get it out of the cuffs. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. just saying, yeah. Um, he wasn't thinking. Right. Uh, just as he is um, gets done making the makeshift axe, he starts getting dizzier and dizzier. He kind of shakes his head, and when he goes to chop the cop's hand off, he accidentally cuts his own wrist about halfway off. Yeah. It's gross. He screams, and he falls backwards. The only and he, uh, he actually falls off the hill, but the only thing holding him to the hill is half of his wrist to the cuffs. His hand snaps off and he falls. And at this point, they have this like um, view of him falling, but from the ground level, yeah. looking up. Yeah. And it's clearly a stuntman yeah. who has both. Who has hands. both hands? Yeah. I, I paused it. And I'm like, he clearly has two hands. They just took like the stuntman's hand and yeah. covered it in red. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. And as he lands, the vulture swoops in. Earl wakes with a bulge coming out of his neck in which he says to himself, I can't move. He notices that he's paralyzed and the camera pans out and he's a pretzel. Like yeah. he, it's a wrap. Yeah. His, his head is at a, a 90 degree angle from the rest of his body. Right. It's, yeah. pre- it's gross. It, it's a good, it's a good gross effect. Yeah. yeah, it is. The more I'm, as I'm doing this, the more I'm like, man, this is actually a pretty good episode. Yeah. The vulture lands on Earl's chest and start eating out his eyes. The vulture starts eating Earl's twisted body. As we fade to black. Next, the crib keeper <laughs> takes an eyeball out of a vulture's mouth. Yeah. In which he says, talk about flipping someone the bird. Oh. Unlike gizzards, I like my meat well done. Cook them, Dano. Oh. You know where this vulture was from, though? Where is he from? Iowa. Ah. Got him. That's an inside joke. Um, inside joke. No one else is going to know about. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um. See, now that I've read the story out loud, uh-huh. it is good. I just, the pacing's strange. It is, yeah. Because it li- I mean, hopefully it wasn't too boring on my read about, but that no, literally is what happened. Like yeah. it went, it went to Earl and the cop and yeah. then they met and then it went to Earl and then the cop and then they met Yeah, and then they fight and yeah. then he dies and then. There isn't really much that happens in this episode. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin makes it entertaining by being crazy and just talking to the dead body ha- halfway through. Right. You know, but yeah, that's it. 
That's pretty much yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he get he got what's coming to him because obviously, I mean, what? Uh, based on the story and the dialogue, he killed eight people. Mm-hmm. He was in jail for killing three. Yeah. Then he killed. Um, he he killed five people in Kansas. Then three people that he got in, tr- in trouble for. Yeah. Then he killed the doctor. Uh huh. And then he killed he, the guy. He the, killed the, the guard. Like, yeah. At the bank. Mm-hmm. And he killed the cop. So he killed like eleven people. Damn. Yeah. How did he do, he get the car? Or We don't know how he got the car, yeah. but I'm saying, how did he get the gun? I don't know. Maybe the cop, maybe the doctor had a gun in his car. Maybe. I don't know. But easy, even though it is fun to watch, it definitely is, because it's really short. It's only 28 minutes, I yeah. think. Yeah. Not even it, that. Yeah. yeah. We definitely recommend watching it. It's definitely yeah. fun. We recommend watching all of them, even the bad ones. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. This tells from the crypt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you ready to go on to Shock Suspense Stories number nine? Oh, yeah. By the way. There's some false advertising going on here. Why? So the cover is carrying death. Yeah. The the cover is that story with the art by uh, um, the Reed Crandall who mm-hmm. did the art for in the interior for the story. But the big banner at the bottom says a story by Ray Bradbury. This is not by Ray Bradbury. That's a different story, but it makes it look like oh. carrying death is the uh, Ray Bradbury. Story. I did not notice that. Yeah. Wow. But this is a story by a couple famous people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Al Feldstein and Bill Gaines. You better believe yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep, that's who we, I think we've already covered. Who wrote this? We've talked about them in the past. Uh, Reed Crandall did not have a happy life after his uh, time in comics. Well, was that the one who who like retired in Florida and he was working at like a, like a janitor at Pizza Hut or something? Or yeah, no, I thought it was like a he was teaching art in like a school. No, that was somebody else. Uh, okay. I can't remember okay. uh, who that was right now. Why are there so many unhappy endings with comic book creators in the sixties? I know they never got the credit that deserved. Exactly. Well, you know, EC was giving them credit for what they did. Unlike other companies at the time. Oh yeah. They yeah. weren't, the, the, the panels weren't signed. Right. You know, right. Until EC came along. Um, anyway, so an unarmed bank robber flees a pursuing motorcycle cop. The bank robber tries to make the cop crash, but accidentally crashes his car, sending him through the windshield. When the bank robber comes to, he finds he is handcuffed to the cop. He strangles the cop to death, then realizes the cop does not have a handcuff key, and that is the most convoluted way. We'll get to it, but it's a very convoluted. The show did it better. Yeah, the show did it better. Uh, he struggles to make. Uh, yeah, he struggles to make his way through the desert, carrying the cop's dead body. All the while. He is stalked by a kettle of vultures. Ooh. Ooh, yes. I like that. I learned something. Also, when you see vultures on the ground, they are a committee. (laughs) But when they're eating something, they're awake. They're, okay, wait. They're awake. W-A-K-E. So a group of vultures. In the air is called a kettle. Right. On the ground, when they're not eating, they're called a committee. But when they're eating, they're called a wake. Is that the only time a group of animals of one type of animal is named different based on what they're doing? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it I is. I never knew yeah. that. That's something I learned today. Oh, yeah. we all learned and something. Now we today. all learned something. The more you know. What did you learn on the show today, guys? <laughs> Vampire hookers. <laughs> when the robber stops for to rest for the night, the vultures come for the body, but he scares the birds away. Thirsty and exhausted, the robber realizes he will die if he, if he does not free himself from the body. He comes up with a plan to let the vultures eat the eat the dead cop, so he pretends to be dead to lure the birds close. They do come and start eating him instead. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. It's very the end's very confusing because 
I couldn't figure out if like he just laid down. Was like, okay, I'm going to let the birds think, you know, lay still so the birds right. eat him. But it also makes it sound like he was already dead, and he's just realizing he's already dead. It, well, I find it interesting that the well, first off, um, in the TV episode, mm-hmm. the killer is named Earl. Yeah, and the cop I don't think is ever named. The cop is never named. And here in the in the comic, no one's named. No one. Yeah, no one's named. And so basically, is the robber and the cop. Mm-hmm. Cops and robbers. Cops and robbers. Yeah. Chops and clobbers. <laughs> the. Uh, but I assumed that it, we'll get to it. But it, one thing that is cool is that it's actually narrated by the robber. Yeah. The, no, I I don't think it's cool. You don't? No, I hate that trope. Really? How can I be telling you the story if I'm dead? True. I mean, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I think he passed out, but we'll get to it. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Either way, those vultures did a number on him before he realized what oh, was up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's some graphic He's like, oh, wow, art. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of dumb. But I will say this is one of the very, very rare examples that the episode is better than the way show. better. Yeah. Way better for yeah. sure. Okay. Are we ready? Yep. Once again, this is Carrion Death. From Shock Suspense Stories number nine from June 1953, and it is narrated by the unnamed robber. It opens to the robber cursing out vultures that are circling him, and he's laying in the desert telling the vultures, come down and set me free. The robber then remembers how he got in this pickle. I do think it's funny how like it opens to like the last scene. Yeah. And then it's one of those tropes where it's like, I guess you wondered how I got yeah. here. Let's Record go back. Scratch. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's me, an unknown robber. Yeah. Let's go back. So that's basically what we do. He remembers how he got here by being chased by the motorcycle cop after the robber has uh, stole $30,000 when he held up a bank and killed a guard. That is, by the way, just over $300,000 today. Bank. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. He says to himself, just ahead, easy living with women, fancy clothes, but just behind me, a state trooper. The robber slams on the brakes to have the uh, trooper crash into his car like a brake check, but the car loses control and the robber crashes. When he awakens, he's handcuffed to the cop, and the cop says to, on the radio, Yeah, I got him. He's out cold. The money has been burned. I'll wait for you. I don't have the master key. You have to bring one. <laughs> so, is that was that common practice? I don't think so. That, there's for no a cop way. to handcuff someone to himself and he not have the key? Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I don't think so. And like, there's a master key for all handcuffs. I doubt it. I didn't think so. Yeah, That's strange. Hmm. I don't know. I would assume like one key fits all handcuffs, though. Like you know, if if. One cop handcuffs me. Another cop could use his key. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I have no idea. Hmm. If anybody knows, tweet yeah, us. I don't care what cops do. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. The robber yank. Uh, the robber wakes up to hear this, and he yanks his arm, making the cop fall on top of him. The robber kicks the cop's gun out of his hands. They roll over, and he starts choking him. He strangles the cop dead, and the robber. Looks for a key and he can't find it. Then the the robber, realizing that there is no key and reinforcements are on their way, panics and starts to carry the cop's body into the desert. They get to the top of a nearby hill. The robber lays the cop's body down and he searches his pockets for 
for his knife that he has on him, but the cop must have emptied his pockets when he made the arrest. He hears a car stopping to check on the wreck, but it's not the cops. The robber grabs the cop's body and walks further into the desert. That night, the robber passes out on top of another hill, and that morning when he wakes up, he grabs the cop's badge and wants to use it to cut the cop's hand, but he drops it into a crevice. Yeah. Idiot. (laughs) And he says to himself, my one last chance is gone. Just then, a kettle of vultures starts circling him. He starts to run, but quickly falls and passes out again. Again? Again. 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 Are you going to pass out again? (laughs) That night, he wakes to find the vultures feeding on the cop's body. He screams and starts to run, dragging the cop's body. He thinks if they can eat the cop, he actually could get free. He begs the vultures to come back. He lays down in the desert as the vultures, as vultures go after the cop's body. He closes his eyes and he says that he will wait for them to finish off that meal and then he'll be free. He awakes and the cop has been stripped clean, but he still can't move. The vultures have already begun to eat the robber, starting at his stomach. One of the vulture eats his eye out, and the narration says, I can only watch as it's, as in silent horror as they feed upon me. I can only watch until one of them plucks out my eyeballs from my skull, for I am dead. dead. And then, they, like, they have cleaned him out up to his rib cage. Like, yes. You can see his ribs exposed, and there's like, just Intestine. a spine there. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, How it's did he really not cool feel visual. that? It's really cool looking. Yeah. It just doesn't make much sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense, yeah. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, he is narrating... His own death. Right. Yeah. But also, so is I'm assuming in- I'm assuming because he obviously cannot walk anymore because yeah. he's dehydrated and heat yeah. exhaustion, that he his plan is not really explained super well. So his expl- basically what he's trying to do is have the vultures eat enough of the cop to where yeah. he can undo the cuffs. Right. And so I guess to not watch that happen, he just closes his eyes and he eventually just passes out. Yeah. And then when he wakes up, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Or he died and didn't realize he was dead. One of those stories. I don't know. I see vulture people. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Eh, gonna, it's it's all right, I guess. But like I said, the episode's the, better. The, the episode's better. Uh, I don't like the framing. And I, the ending doesn't make quite make sense. So yeah, well, yeah, they also, we I think that they, this is a, a really wonderful job of taking a basic idea mm-hmm. and expanding on it. So essentially, yeah. the comic story that it's based on is just a series of times that this guy passes out, right? While going through the desert, he passes out like four times. Uh-huh. He picks him up, he picks the cop up, drags a little bit, passes out right. repeat until finally he's dead. Well, we've all been through the desert with a cop with no name. Yes. <laughs> We'll talk later. And <laughs> basically, I like where they took that initial idea of, you know, the cop, the vulture, mm-hmm. and the robber. Yeah. But they expanded upon it. One, they gave the robber a backstory. Yeah. in this comic story, he only robbed a bank. He yeah. killed a guard. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I got he so excited, I threw my pen. Did he kill a guard, did you say, or did he just rob the bank? He killed a guard. Okay. Yeah. So in the comic, all he did was steal money and kill a guard. Right. In the TV episode, he was he was already escaped from, he escaped right. his own execution for being a serial it, so killer. So that's the weird thing. Like, a bank robber, I think, can be sympathetic. Right. Right. Uh, but a 
rapist murderer not is redeemable. not sympathetic. Yeah, can't redeem. And I think that the character in the show was portrayed more sympathetically than the character in the comic. Yeah, I guess you yeah. But I, I don't really feel like there was too much sympathy in the episode. About I, don't, I don't think there is, but I think you were kind of supposed to root for him. He did have some cool lines. Yeah. And he calls himself Diggsy. Yeah. Because <laughs> his last name is Diggs. Yeah. He's like, come on, Diggsy, we can do this. Like he's pumping himself up while he's carrying a dead cop. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a weird one. Yeah. I liked it, but it does give me a weird feeling. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely, I would, if I had to score, I'd give the comic story a C, but I'd give the episode a B plus. Oh, definitely. I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just more. And the weird thing is that because the cop never really takes off his shades or his motorcycle helmet. Yeah. For a split second there, I thought Kyle McLaughlin played both characters. I thought the same thing because they both have that same tough guy voice. Yes, yeah. I thought it was the same dude. Yeah, I did but, too. I, you know. In fact, I went while while I was playing. I went and looked it up to make sure it wasn't the same dude. So did I. Yeah, because <laughs> they look very alike. They do the yeah. same build, same jawline, everything. Yeah. But I don't. They know. don't look alike now. <laughs> oh no, definitely no, not. No, because uh, Kyle McLaughlin is a silver fox now. <laughs> He's a handsome man. <laughs> Not the ham, ha, hammiest. Not the handsomest. Words are difficult, Bruce. I'm tired. No, no. It's the, he's sitting across from me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what do we have on tap for next time? Do you know? What is season three, episode three? The Trap. Ooh. Based on the story from Shock Suspense Stories, number 18. We're doubling up. Yes, let's do it. So we went from 9 to 18, so it's going to be double the fun, I guess. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Cops and Clobbers and Robs and Bobbers. Stop it. Just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh, we have social media. We do have social media. Where can you find us, Ryan? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CryptKeepersPod. You can also catch me on Twitter at HorrorRyan. You can find me at Mr. Spooky Bruce. We also have an email address. Which is CryptKeepersShow at the gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend and leaving, or leaving a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. Why are you like making that face? <laughs> they, they can't see it. I'm just making a funny face to get you to laugh. Well, until next time. Until next time. See, see you soon, soon kitties. And I shot them with you, cop. But this is really yours, separate ways. You know, this is the second episode in a row where we don't have a. Cl- I don't know if I'm going to have a colo- or closing. A cold closing. closing. Just, you know, I stick in like an outtake or something dirty we say or funny at the end. Oh, uh, oh uh, I mean. You could do the um, what's her name? Jesse Morgan. Chessie. I don't know because it because it, it goes into. Yeah, you know, we, we might do that. Nice. <laughs> I like her. I think we'll she's see. a great actress. <laughs> Both of them are great actresses. <laughs> she was literally in the movie called Agent Double D. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other uh, movie title? She oh was in? God, what were they? Uh, let's see here. Uh, did you order them? No, 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 no. I wanted to. Yeah, we could probably find them online somewhere. I mean, like. <laughs> was it one of her measurements? Yes, one of them. One of them uh, was her me- measurements. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our wives are gonna be so angry. Uh, I was saying you're, you're not married. Uh, her IMDb page: Double Agent seventy three, which was her her bus size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadly Weapons. Deadly oh, weapons. the old stripper, Chesty and Opal, Third <laughs> Hand, Fellini's Casanova. Saucy 70s Volume 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh man i could smell that movie title <laughs> <laughs> so, so much hair cigar and cocaine oh ooh, anyway yeah.